Hi, I'm Boston. You may know me from the work I've done on Yes and Nomad, Boston Makes the News, Boston Makes Noise, and from around the podcast space. I am neither a financial advisor, life coach, philosopher, nor an omnipresent deity. This means the things I say here can and likely will be wrong, incorrect, or most likely useless by any available metric. I'm just a dude with a lot of thoughts and a desire to communicate. If you turn purple from anything said on this podcast or grow an additional limb, please consult a physician as I am not sure how anything I say can result in physiological changes to the listener. If you come into financial, physical, or other form of harm from attempting anything you hear in this program, you messed up. Since it began in earnest back in 2003, podcasting has held a strange and wonderful place in the hearts and ears of many people around the world. By its very core, an instant cult classic. But as it is with all things, the nature of the popular is to become the profitable, and the main drive for major players is aggressively in that direction, and content quality and integrity have suffered. From talk shows that grew out of friendship and chemistry to green room talks before UFC fights, the origins of various successful podcasts are as differentiated as the content of the shows that they produce. From slice-of-life weblogs and political punditry to history and storytelling, there is a little show for everyone. So to the question at the head of this program. Who's it for, anyhow? I've made many friends in public communications and podcasting since my start back in 2019. Most of them, however, produce their content for the same reason, if asked. Because it's fun. Who has the time to record, edit, produce, and publish an hour of content weekly? Well, you could argue about production standards and how some shows are more efficient, more organic, and more raw. Less editing does play a drastic role in the time it takes to create content. It used to take me eight hours to edit 90 minutes of raw audio into something I was comfortable with posting online. Back then, I wanted to try my hand at political punditry and interviews, so I started Boston Makes the News, which was a subtly libertarian show that got the chance to speak with folks like Joe Jorgensen, Spike Cohen, and Adam Kokesh. I'm sure that they wouldn't have considered an appearance if they knew my reach was about five people per week, most of whom were family or friends. Writing the show started to make me really self-conscious, as this was at the beginning of the pandemic, where we stopped listening to each other and instead settled on a standing order of bile, hatred, and a side of crinkle cuts instead of our usual and comparatively ameliorative lackadaisical antipathy. Boy, would I go for some comparatively ameliorative lackadaisical antipathy right now, maybe with a side of nonchalant demigloss. These sentiments brought me to record something a little different, a game show centered around an open discussion of the political difficulties through improv. This might be my best success, with more than 100 plays per episode, you know, showing you perhaps that I don't have the bona fides to speak about the issues contained herein. That's the beauty of podcasting, though. If you don't like it, there are a million others just like me, but perhaps just funny enough to hold the average listener's fleeting attention span. On the subject of attention span, many don't register the importance of this as a resource. Not just to the person who wields it, but to those who would use it for you. Influencing requires the leveraging of the finite and rapidly diminishing attention span of the average internet-goer. Take this quote from Oracle.com's Oracle Advertising blog. In 2000, Microsoft conducted a study measuring how long people can focus on one thing for a specific amount of time. The results showed the average person's attention span was 12 seconds. About 15 years later, it dropped to 8 seconds. 
A recent study from the Technical University of Denmark suggests our collective global attention span is narrowing because of the abundance of information presented to us. So much demands our attention that we can only focus on each new trend for a short time, these dips correlating strongly to mobile phone adoption and the growth of social networks and video sharing online. On platforms like TikTok and YouTube, this means that the most successful content is not only the right type, but is paced to jar the consumer just enough every eight or so seconds that they don't swipe their waiting finger up and onto the very next thing in the infinite doom scroll of modern social media. Some commercially successful podcasts have shown an excellent talent at this through their banter and editing. Shows like Robin Hood Snacks Daily feature a fast-paced dialogue and witty banter that doesn't allow the user to slip into the zombie listening phase or switch back to music so easily. Podcasting in general is somewhat shielded from this phenomenon. It's a bit of a misnomer, really, as the industry is not shielded from the eight-second attention span so much as not dependent on it. It creates a space for long and more recently short-form info-sharing via audio that is incredibly personal, but will never have the same massive base as platforms like TikTok. This is likely why there's been a massive uptick since 03 in trust-based influencership. Instead of flashy trends and spur-of-the-moment purchases, podcasters are able to convince people to buy mattresses, long-term subscriptions, and more aggressive asks of similar type. It serves well to remember that these hosts have been in people's lives for months, and in some cases, years. Some people have been listening daily or weekly to someone that they've grown to trust and rely on for at least entertainment, but sometimes philosophical, spiritual, or even financial guidance. The marketing power of someone who can garner that much trust from a dedicated group of listeners is earth-shaking to many commercial interests. For those without the option due to content, character, or mismatched interests, many have turned to crowdsourcing. 2020 really was the year that Patreon exploded. Right along with OnlyFans, Subscribestar, Twitch, people were looking for entertainment to fill their time, and many had a bit more spending cash to do it without gas costs from commutes and some government assistance from the height of the pandemic. Here's the deal, though. The value proposition in a $5 a month subscription fee just wasn't there for many people. So for everyone who found limited success, a thousand failed, myself included. It was safe to say that the way forward, again, was not this. That's when I met my current co-host and dear friend Patrick. Patrick and I attempted to do a live show three times a week. I listened to people that produce daily shows and always wondered how they did it without a massive team of people backing them up. Our live show had a team of three. Two actors and a producer, to, you know, to handle the feed and overlays. We found some great guests, told some funny stories, but ultimately ended up more burnt out than an exotic dancer paid in PCP after 35 days. It wasn't for us. It wasn't for Chartreuse either, God rest her soul. Our next foray into audio work was a bizarre melange of faux wanderlust and improv comedy called Yes and Nomad. It mainly consisted of crank calls and the occasional obtuse jab at a crustacean or mollusk. While it was more fun to record than many of my projects were, I still became disheartened, though I couldn't tell you why. I could never seem to settle. There was always something not quite right about what I was doing. Was I too harsh on myself? Was I not committed enough to my craft? Likely all of the above, but... You know, here you are listening to me again in my 85th variant of my podcasting antics, still wondering if I'll ever make sense of this and catch that big Bezos rocket ship up into the full-time pro league. Eh, I wouldn't hold your breath. So who's it for, anyway? You might say it's for the listener. And I wouldn't fault you. That's very true in its own right. Without uh, listeners, what could you measure success by? What is the purpose if not to develop a group of people interested in the musings of a madman for a few minutes a week? Is there some personal reason to produce this content? I'm beginning to understand that this is for me, and that might, all things considered, 
be just what the doctor ordered. Welcome to It Speaks. Thanks for tuning in. Feel free to check back next week. You may just find something new. Be safe and live well. If you'd like assistance with writing, recording, production, or even origination of your own podcast, please send an email to boston at bnnpod.com. Thanks.